0: Hey folks, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is with a dear friend of mine who's probably the smartest person I know. And um, I have to say, I know a lot of smart people, given the business that I'm in, but this guy kind of beats them all. But before I talk about him, a little bit of housekeeping to do. Number one, thanking you for being here in the first place and reminding you that if you get value from this episode, please share it with your friends and your networks, reminding you that to connect with me, you can find me on Mighty Networks in my private membership group, the BSP community. You can learn about that on my website, natnidham.com. And there are still a couple of spots left for the Women's Longevity and Resilience Retreat this November. So if this even whispers to you, go to the webs- my website, natnidham.com and book yourself a 15-minute call with me to figure out if this is right for you. All right. Let's talk about our first sponsor. Quickly, I want to talk to you about this product called MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition. It's the first product to offer a precise dose of urolithin A, a postbiotic, to support mitophagy and increase cellular energy. So why is mitophagy so important? Well, as we age, mitochondria become damaged and dysfunctional, leading to the production of harmful byproducts and a disruption of normal cellular function. Mitophagy, which is... The breaking down of those broken down mitochondria helps in maintaining healthy mitochondria by eliminating these damaged ones, allowing for the proper function of cells and overall cellular health. Optimizing your cellular health is crucial for maintaining healthy tissues, organs, and systems like your immune system in your body. And this is where MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition comes in. They have three ways to get your daily dose of 500 milligrams of urolithin A. They've got a delicious truly delicious vanilla protein powder that's my favorite that combines muscle building protein with cellular energy of MitoPure. They have a berry or a ginger powder that easily mixes into smoothies, just about any drink. I like to put it in my yogurt sometimes if I'm having some yogurt in the morning. And finally, these really convenient soft gels for travel. So I personally recommend that people start with the starter pack because it lets you try all three forms of MitoPure, giving you a chance to figure out which one is your favorite. Timeline's offering 10% off your first order of MitoPure if you go to com forward slash NAT10 and use code NAT10 to get 10% off your total order. So that once again, that's Nutrition.com slash NAT10. And that's it. Let's talk a little bit about this episode. What if your body could perform at superhuman levels using the power of science? That's what we're all after, right? That's why we're here. The exploration of Carbon 60's potential as a biohack for peak performance presents an exciting frontier in health and wellness. This episode dives into the astounding world of Carbon 60, a unique carbon allotrope that has the potential to push human performance to unprecedented heights. Carbon 60, 660 is like an empty soccer ball. It's often called a buckyball. Today, I'm with Ian Mitchell, founder of Wizard Sciences, who created a world-class health and wellness research and development company he's a good friend of mine he is amazing. And our conversation today, we got to do it in person, actually, which was a real treat when I was in Austin last spring. Our conversation dives into the remarkable properties of carbon 60, investigating its role in reducing oxidative stress, increasing ATP production, detoxifying the body, inhibiting lipid peroxidation, and preventing rancidity. I mean, that's a really long list of benefits. We delve into C60's exciting emergence as a supplement accompanied by ION's groundbreaking innovations like the Neural RX which has micronutrients that target brain health or Olympic RX that has micronutrients that target muscles. He's also developing wizard water, which is a hyper-oxygenated drink that has the potential in improving oxygenation and decreasing muscle fatigue. We talk about a lot in this episode, so I'm going to let you dive into it. But if you want to learn more about Ion and Wizard Sciences and the incredible products that they make, just go to wizardsciences.com and they are offering the listeners of this podcast a beautiful 15% discount. All you have to do is use code NAT. 15 at checkout. Okay. One more sponsor before we go in. I want to talk to you about element, an electrolyte drink I am absolutely obsessed with. I dump a packet into my one and a half liter water bottle and sip on it throughout the day. Not only does it help me drink more water because it tastes amazing, but it also ensures my electrolyte levels are always balanced. Balance levels ensure that you regulate fluid balance, which helps with digestion, circulation and temperature regulation, maintains the body pH balance, which is vital for enzyme activity and biochemical reactions and optimize nerve and muscle function. And here you thought it was just a drink to drink when you're super hot or playing intense sports. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 100 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium without any of the junk, the sugar, the colorings, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers. Literally no BS. So right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. And that means you get eight single serving packets free with any Element order, which is a great way to try all eight flavors and share Element with a salty friend. Just go to drinklmnt.com forward slash nat. This deal is only available through my link, so you must go to drinklmnt.com forward slash nat. The other thing you might want to know is that Element offers a no questions asked refund policy, so you get to try it totally risk-free. If for some reason you don't like it or it doesn't work for you, you get to share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Literally, you have nothing to lose. And now, without another second delay, let's jump into the episode. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome, Ian Mitchell, to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast, live and in living color. Guys, can you believe this?
1: Happy to be back.
0: Happy to have you back. When's the last time we recorded?
1: Um, it's got
0: to be two years it was ago. About,
1: yeah, it was about two years ago.
0: Yeah, forever ago. Anyway, guys, we're here today. We're here Hi. today. Hi. We're going to be talking about so many things. I don't even know what we're going to be talking about.
1: <laughs> Coming to you live from sunny Austin, Texas.
0: Sunny Austin, Texas. And dig the backdrop, right? Isn't that nice? Anyway, so we're going to start with Carbon 60. Yes. Because
1: yeah, I'm kind you, of the you're Carbon the guy. 60 guy.
0: You're the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. If you want to know about Carbon 60, this is the man you want to talk to. And he does amazing things with those little bucky balls, which is where we'll go after we talk about the basics of carbon 60. So, Mr. Wizard Sciences, I also (laughs) want you guys to notice the T-shirt safety third. (laughs) Yeah, this this from the person who blew up the lab. (laughs) And and more importantly, live to tell the tale.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a running joke. That's why we have these at the lab. See, look, because, there's a uh, blow up uh, thing
0: right there. Yeah, yeah, I
1: actually blew up the la- in the process of figuring out how to stabilize hydrogen and oxygen and water. I
0: So you so so does that mean there's a drink coming?
1: Yes, there is a drink coming. <laughs> yeah. Actually, okay, so I'll nerd out for a second. Okay. On that. So the uh the first one that's gonna be released is w- we've just been kind of calling it Wizard water is what we're calling it right now.
0: <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm yeah, sure W squared for the rest yeah, of us nerds. I'm sure
1: there will be a, a new name at some point, but the uh, basically the idea was to take oxygen, which normally is only eight parts per million in water, and to hyper oxygenate the water. So we take it up to about a hundred parts per million. So and there are a couple of other waters like uh, Ophora and Cocoon, and they're and they're legit. I mean, they're you know thirty two ish parts per million. So it's it's a good boost, and when you drink it, you feel refreshed and vibrant because basically you're providing and,
0: Extra oxygen. Yeah,
1: insta fuel to your, you know, to your electron transport chain, so you can bump up your ATP. So this is kind of the same thing, but it really kicks it up. And it, it's if you're winded, and I'm winded a lot, like post COVID, I've had you know myocarditis or myocarditis, so I'm a little bit like ah, panting sometimes. So if I get super winded, if I'm working out and I'm doing something and I'm just feeling exhausted, pop the top down, it gone. And it's, it's actually, it's a strange so it feeling. It's
0: super oxygenated water, yeah. not the hydrogen water.
1: Yeah, this is the hyper oxygenated stuff. Yeah. And it.
0: And so would that be good water for someone to take, let's say if they were climbing a mount, um, big mountain?
1: Yeah. Or if you're in Colorado at elevation. Yeah, that's hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Like if you go above Boulder and you start getting, you know, 6,500, 7,000 feet. Yeah. You want, you want some cans of it. it it's worth it, even though the, the weight is high. Or you could buy the $20, <laughs> $20 bottle compressed oxygen cylinders that and just <laughs> it out. which incidentally I actually tried I was in Boulder a few days ago and I did that and night and day difference like really? it doesn't even compare but how long
0: does it last
1: um 20-ish minutes to 45-ish minutes depending on activity level. So if you're going out and you're doing like wind sprints or something really hardcore athletic, yeah. uh, you burn through it pretty quickly.
0: Okay. But so- but
1: you feel it. And, and actually the quick test is you put a pulse oximeter on mm. and if your pulse ox is say 97, you down it, it goes to 100. Or... It will drop your heart rate down. So w- whatever, you know, the body's always looking for the best sort of homeostatic balance. Right. So if it is upping your oxygenation, it does that. If it's decreasing the load on your cardiac tissue, it does that. Right. So your heart rate drops and your musculature. Right.
0: So if you balances. have enough oxygen, your, your heart doesn't yeah. have to pound.
1: Exactly. As much. Yeah, that's right. Because, I mean, that's the whole point of your heart racing is to convey yes. more oxygen throughout the rest of your body. Right. So if you suddenly replete with oxygen. Yeah. No need to pound. Love and it. It, it's honestly, it's a strange feeling because you can go from the point after working out where you're just winded and your heart's beating, and you drink it, and it just goes away, and your heart instantly recognizes it. Yeah, it's it's, it's that's
0: an interesting feeling. It's a actually. weird feeling because yeah.
1: it was unlike anything I had ever felt. Yeah.
0: Huh. Okay. All right. So that's super oxygenated water coming yeah. down the pipes soon. Soon. Then the hydrogen water, which has been stabilized.
1: Yeah. That one. That one's. Nice. Well, that was actually that one. That's how I blew up the lab.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, it involved an old style pressure cooker. A giant thing of
1: nitrogen at 2,500 PSI. Yeah. Yeah. And and a high-speed mechanical shear at 24,000 RPMs.
0: Which, by the way, was a modified Vitamix. Do not try this at home, people.
1: This is not for the faint of heart, nor is it for people who don't have a very large insurance policy. Yeah, I would not recommend this because it sent shrapnel flying throughout the lab. And was and literally, when I walked over, kind of checking myself to make sure I wasn't destroyed, filled with filled with with shrapnel, I... (laughs) <laughs> there were there was equipment across the lab that literally the gauges had been blown off because they had been leaved off with chunks of aluminum flying. And I and when I was standing in front of the unit thinking, damn, it's blown apart. Uh, things were falling on me. I was like, what is going on? And I looked up and there was a huge hole above me. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so the, the takeaway
0: third. here is safety third and don't hang out at the lab with Ian when he's working on
1: stuff. Yeah, that's that's luckily it was at night. I was by myself. I have, you know, I keep weird hours. So thank God. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Anyway, but, but the good news for the rest of us is there's going to be yeah. hydrogen, stabilized hydrogen water. Cause right now you drop your little Tablets. tablet in yeah. the water and you're chug like I'm sitting on the plane. Yeah. drinking this every hour and a half or so. And you're like, I'm trying to inhale it as it's, it's know? good stuff. I it's mean, I, stuff. it's, I mean,
1: I, I have little H2 tablets and I'll put them in water and drink them. And I think molecular hydrogen is great. The really, the only problem was before, like anytime it, it, yeah, it was canned. You have to like pop the top and right. Every I'm shotgunning for health. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so not the best approach.
0: Anyway, okay, so anyway, this, so this is down a pipe. little bit of insight into how this man's brain works, um, <laughs> just a bit. And he does have superpowers, believe me.
1: <laughs> Hence wizard sciences. Hence
0: wizard sciences. <laughs> he comes by the name, honestly. So let's talk a little bit about, like, the first thing, for me, but that comes to mind. Well, there's a lot of things that come to mind when somebody says "Ian Mitchell," but but the the thing you're if there's one thing yeah, we had to pick C60. one thing, it's C60, which for is sure. carbon 60. So you know, for the people who don't know carbon 60, and there are many people, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe you can explain to us about carbon 60 how essentially, if memory serves, an industrial lubricant mm-hmm. became this incredible way of delivering things to the human body At a cellular level yeah. like, like, had, that's, like
1: That's literally it It's so
0: Oh yeah it, And that makes rats live How much How well percent longer Yeah About yeah. yeah The
1: guys in Paris Got a 90% extension And then I replicated The experiment And got a 93% extension So the variation there I mean that's such A tight variance
0: Bottom line They live yeah. So much it,
1: longer Yeah I mean it, it Actually yeah When I set up I set up a vivarium and, and when I set it up I you know Said like Ah oh, we'll only have These mice Because they were P53 knockout mice So they have the tumors suppressor gene extracted and they were homozygous knockout knockout so it was basically it was like the shortest lived mammalian lifespan that had a very very well documented mortality curve right Right. because they're they're cancer mice right
0: yeah so that yeah so so for people if you're not basically p53 knockout mice
1: grow tumors yeah they're that's what they do they, yeah. they're the unfortunate mice that have the oh, 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 oh. poor bunnies i i know truly yeah. yeah so they develop these tumors all over their body and they die and you use them to test out different therapeutics so if you've got a chemotherapeutic and you want to test it you take a p53 and you administer it and then look over time and see what the mortality curve is you look for the typically you look with a new compound you look for a thing called the ld50 which is the lethal dosing right. for the median percent of the population right And so with C60, that was what some of these guys were doing is you know, it was a new compound. So they were looking at what the LD50 was in mice. And what they found was, rather than actually kill the mice, the control group that was on water died. Then the next group that had just olive oil, they, for the most part, died. And then the last mice standing were the ones that had C60 bound to olive oil. Because normally it's hydrophobic, so you can't get it inside your body really well. But if you bind it to a lipid, you can actually, because it's it's lipophilic, it'll bind to the fat and then you can use it and it'll pass through the cell membrane. And when it does that, that's when the magic happens. And that's what nobody was expecting, right? So it's literally carbon 60 is a carbon allotrope, which basically an allotrope is a form of an atom that um, is combined in a different way. So you've got, you know, diamonds, graphite. Right,
0: full so of it's rings. a different configuration yeah. of.
1: same same right. atomic construct, right? All carbon. But different clusters. So for diamonds, you have it in a tetrahedron. So basically we have a little pyramidal thing. And this, it's li- literally, it's a soccer ball. So technically a truncated icosahedron, but a soccer ball. It's and the so, coolest
0: looking. Yeah, ball and,
1: and it, it really yeah. is, right? So it looks like a soccer ball. And the reason it was an industrial lubricant is little bitty balls, you know, one point one or one point one nanometers wide. So like super, super small. But little bitty spheres, so it is the most lubricous thing you can get, and it just yeah, rolls everything just rolls like around.
0: millions of marbles. Like trying to walk on marbles, it, it
1: literally yes, yeah. it's trying to walk on nanoscopic marbles, and so you've got you know in a in a kilo of them you've got just trillions of these little bitty marbles. So you're.
0: It's <laughs> getting zero traction.
1: Right. Exactly. So when they were trying to figure out if there were any biological uses, somebody had the brilliant idea of like, hey, wait a second, what if we dissolve this? Because normally you dissolve it in a polar solvent, like you know, benzene, xylene, toluene, something like that, but you can get it to bind to a lipid. And so somebody had the you know, the the aha eureka moment and they bound it to a fat. And then they dosed it in these animals, and then instead of dying like they would have expected they lived almost twice their normal lifespan. So, and and when I read that study, I thought I don't buy that. That seems like build bullshit. I I did, I did, you know, because it's like.
0: Well, because it it defies imagination, right? Well, That's the thing. It's like,
1: you're like, really? I don't know about that twice as long. You know, I was like, "Eh, you know what? Okay, let's try it. So then I, you know, I started, I got all the equipment and mixed everything up, the centrifuges and batched everything and did it. And then I got the P53s and did the experiment and Lo and behold, 93% extension in median lifespan. And I thought, wow, okay, that's so legit. Why?
0: Well, what, what's the lubricant doing? I mean,
1: so what, what happens is, and there's there's kind of an interesting NIH paper on this. So what happens is as it moves into the body, right? It it bypasses the cell membrane, moves in, and then it actually there's a, a thing called a gradient differential. So it's basically a charge. Yeah. And so the charge is different, so it moves to the surface of the mitochondria. And when it hits the surface of the mitochondria, it stays there. And so everybody's familiar with antioxidants, right? You know, so this is a super, super, super potent antioxidant. So when you get an oxidative stressor that's coming in that's going to damage your nuclear DNA or, you know, deplete your electron transport chain efficiency. It knocks that out. And so you end up with this huge, just literally just by virtue of knocking out the oxidative stress load, you end up with on the low end, what we found was 18% and the high end 58.3% additional ATP production.
0: Wow. But so now isn't there a downside to too much of a good thing when it comes yeah, to antioxidants? Like you need some oxidative stress, right? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, you do. You It's like building muscle, right? You need some inflammatory response. So yeah. even with this and with, you know, I make all these products to do different things and modulate different components of biology. But I always tell people, I don't care what it is, cycle it, okay. right? Like everything. Because most things, like in this case, you want some sort of hormetic stress. You want an oxidative load on your body. A lot of times the one, the one that I really dig is ozone. I think ozone is fan freaking tastic as a hormetic stressor because the the way I prepped it was I ozonated oil and would use ozonated oil because you take it and your body thinks it has this huge prooxidative insult. So it marshals all of your mitochondria and they they kick on and they're ready to fight and you upregulate glutathione and superoxide dismutase and everything's getting ready for this fight. But then there really isn't actually that much of a threat. <laughs> so you kind of you trick your body into mobilizing because it's a big hormetic response. So I do that and then I cycle in C60 after that. But again, I usually do like five days on, two days off. Okay. Because or, or you know three and one, or sometimes I'll do two weeks on couple of days off or, you know, a month on and a couple of days off, just as long as it's variable, just change it up.
0: Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, I like that actually. Well, the body's
1: brilliant. I mean, it truly, it's like the most like anybody who isn't in awe after paying attention to the body, you're not paying attention because yeah. like, if you, if you leave and you're like, eh, whatever physicality, no, that's it's miraculous. Like in the most literal sense, you look at it and you're like, oh my God, really?
0: well the way i look at it also is even if you take someone who's even if you take someone who's super sick Mm -hmm. the fact that they're still drawing breath (laughs) the fact that they're still but you know what i mean the fact that they still exist (laughs) means that there's millions upon millions of chemical reactions Mm -hmm. and and processes and and amazing things going on which is not to diminish anybody's illness in any way But but just to say that, like for that person, it's a miracle. For those of us who are walking around reasonably functional and in some cases more more functional than reasonably functional, it it is an awe-inspiring thing. Truly, yeah. All the things going on.
1: I've had people call me about different therapeutics I've developed that are that are generally very sick and they've heard about me through the grapevine or something and they'll reach out. And I've had people go, "Well, when is it too late?" And I, my response is, "Are you still breathing? <laughs> if you're still breathing, it's not too late. You know, yeah. you've got a chance, right?" Yeah. Like I think after the point at which you've stopped breathing and you're in the box and you're in the ground or you've been toasted, you know,
0: eh, gonna, probably it's a little too late. Yeah, the cards yeah. have been dealt. Yeah, but
1: you know, but yeah. but prior to that, I mean, it's it's still a miracle in motion.
0: So there's a metaphysical piece to you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I would be inclined to say there's a metaphysical, metaphysical piece to everyone. On that note, my dad, who I was just talking to about an hour ago, um, really brilliant guy, but he's in very failing health at the moment. And, and he said, you know, son, I think uh, I think I saw a T-shirt today that summed up 4,000 4, years of esoteric and metaphysical quandaries. It just said future ghost. <laughs>
0: and he has a sense of humor
1: yeah and he's ordering the t-shirt so
0: and he's ordering the t-shirt nice well i mean i think any one of us could be wearing that t-shirt yeah maybe for some people it's more imminent than others but anyway i'm sorry to hear your dad's. (laughs) well um so no but i mean like you're the guy who faced plants in the concrete at 65 miles an hour and 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 you recently recently and you heal so fast and so dramatically it's a little bit like it's a little bit like getting passed by a car that's so fast that you don't see it because the <laughs> medical professionals you were dealing with they almost because they couldn't explain it so much they yeah. ignored it, yeah, it they was... kind of went yeah okay whatever maybe the x-ray was wrong maybe yeah. his, maybe his femur wasn't really in his tibia and and there was something wrong with the machine that day because he shouldn't be standing here after how long
1: uh well it was pretty fast. Yeah. It was very fast actually. So just a few weeks in, so Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was uh I think the, the orthopedic surgeon who was very flummoxed by what he was seeing on the scans, he he literally looked at me and he goes, Huh, I guess you are smarter than the average bear. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: not that one would associate necessarily brains with, you know, magically healing. Bones. Yeah.
1: Well, that but is,
0: to, so what did you, I mean, without, going, I mean, you don't have to give away any trade secrets, but no, you I, said to me, like you threw the kitchen sink. at. This I did. Thing. I did and everything. So,
1: so I of course had my baseline of all those C60 stuff to upregulate mitochondrial function. Um, then I used, uh, V cells, very small embryonic like stem cells. I did seven rounds of those in six weeks in my lab, and then um, pulsed electromagnetic fields. I used a pulse center's pimp coil.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's, um, that's the, the mama the, mom. The, the big mac daddy. And I would alternate. I would do 45 minutes to an hour on my femur and then on my shoulder. So my collarbone was split in two instantly when I went down. And then my, my femur, where it actually went into my tibia, it punched down. It's called a lateral tibial plateau fracture. So it punched down one inch or so into the top of the tibia, so the femoral condyle crunched in through the tibial condyle and split it like a log straight down six inches.
0: So for those of you who are not up on your anatomy your your femur is the biggest bone in your body and that's the thigh bone and the tibia is the shin bone which is not the biggest bone in your body.
1: No no it's not <laughs> and it's not nearly as robust or tough as the femur as i found out. So when i no. when i when i skidded to a halt really rapidly after after having the the motorcycle roll on me a couple times um i did kind of my systems check and when i got to my left leg my my leg went straight down, and then the bottom of my leg at the knee kicked mm-hmm. over at the wrong angle. That yes. should should not be the way that a human is drawn. Like, if you're drawing a stick figure, you don't draw the leg like that. So,
0: no. And what's amazing is you don't freak out.
1: No, actually, that, I, that didn't, is amazing. I didn't. Like, I you didn't. You neither passed out.
0: out nor freaked out.
1: Yeah. I was, I was, uh,
0: which is the metaphysical part of you that I was kind of.
1: That actually of. is the metaphysical part. But what was interesting, the funniest part of all of that was when my face went down. I literally remember thinking, oh, this is an interesting perspective.
0: You're like that scientist who had the stroke and did the tech. Actually,
1: yes. I thought about her when I, when all this was going on, because it was just, it was such a ridiculously strange perspective, right? Because things shift into slow-mo and you actually see what's going on. So as I was coming face down, I thought, oh, that's different. And then when I hit, I was like, oh, this is a really different perspective. And, you know, and then you know, bike (laughs) rolls over on me a couple of times and yeah. And ragdolled me a bit. So it was, yeah. And it was brutal. But I, you know, when I stopped, I was, I was face up. And you know, the first thing I did when I actually stopped was okay, systems check. And then I rocked my head and thought "Ah, neck, not snapped. Fantastic. Great. Which, which honestly I'm incredibly happy about. Cause yeah. that would have been
0: a bit of a game changer.
1: It, well, it would have been hard to come back from that. So, I mean, I would have, and I probably would have done it in the same timeline, but it would, it would have been, you know, that one's more difficult because it was not being mobile at all because my collarbone was in two pieces and my you know, leg was completely askew at the wrong angle. Um, n- not being able to move at first was difficult, you know, and that it, I was surprised actually you did all of the things just about being ambulatory that you, you take for granted when you can't move. Yeah. Oh, oh, snap.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: It's a big game changer, yeah. right? It gives you a whole different perspective on it. I'm like, wow, all of the things that I took for granted.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing what you take for granted, like scratching your nose. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. The, the or rolling over. over. Yeah. yeah.
1: Rolling yeah. over in bed. You know,
0: I this when I had my, when I had my son, I had a C-section and
1: sitting up can't sit up yeah sorry about that
0: like nothing right (laughs) like lifting your arm up (laughs) you know talking with your hands hurts like it's it is incredible and and you're right it does it gives you an if you if you were willing to acknowledge it it gives you a different appreciation for the freedom that we enjoy
1: yeah well and actually the thing that was the most interesting to me in retrospect looking back at the whole thing and the thing that i was the most pleased about with everything two things one Um, there were lots of times where I was very, very much in tears, Mm -hmm. but it was because there was such an outpouring of just like love and support. It was the kindness that I received was overwhelming. Like it was hard to process because it was so beautiful. And then the other thing was I never felt despondent. I didn't feel upset. I didn't feel angry. I didn't, I was just kind of, and I was kind of surprised kind of looking Looking at how things were moving, I was like, "Wow, this is this is good." I feel like I must be in a slightly different state
0: yeah. than
1: I would have been in because if this had happened, you know, three four years ago, oh my god, I would have been a basket case. Yeah, you know, it's but interesting. Yeah, now I was just like, "Oh, well, okay, this is you know, these are the cards that have been dealt. Great. Oh, let's now what are we going to see- do about it? Well, and I and I actually thought this is this is kind of fantastic because I'm supposed to be you know one of the like eminent biohacker guys, so proof is in the pudding, right? I, can I recover from this faster than possible? You know, can I get back to my normal basis really rapidly? And can I do a, yeah, a walk the walk, right? And, and so I did, you know, for the first couple of weeks, I, our, uh, our friend, Todd Shipman, who, who I work with, uh, we were on a, we had a call like 11 days after the accident and I was on the call and I remember his response because I was sitting up in the lab and I was at a desk and he goes, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, why are you on the call? You're on a, wh- what are you doing? And I was like, we had a call. It's like, eh, eh,
0: you know, 11 days ago, you were a bag <laughs> of broken toys,
1: which presumably
0: you still are because well, it's yeah. only 11 days. Yeah.
1: And I, and I still was, I mean, my, my collarbone, I had already threaded back together and it was, it was mending pretty rapidly. Um, But yeah, my, my tibia was still, it had a big fat hole punched in it and it was offset, you know? So that was. Okay.
0: So let's get back to carbon 60 for a second and talk about the role that carbon 60 plays in this healing. Is it purely at the mitochondrial level because it gives so much energy to the mitochondria that then the body at a cellular level has the energy to do the repair work it needs to do? Is it that simple?
1: It is that simple. Yeah. It upregulates everything so profoundly. The other component that's kind of additive with that is Once those things are spent, they're detoxifying, right? Because it's nanoscopic carbon. So carbon binds to toxins and removes them from your system. So aside from, think of it like nanoscopic activated charcoal, right? Right. So you end up with preponderance of this stuff all over your body. And when there are little things in your bloodstream that shouldn't be there that are bad or nasty, it just binds to it. So
0: so how does it identify the bad or nasty versus the, I don't know, something good how does it
1: well is it a charge thing it, it's, like what's it's a charge thing but it it actually and this is this is one of the things so i'm i also i work with lila quantum right yeah. and i'm the chief science advisor for Leela quantum and we just did we just got this data and i think it was published on a website earlier this week actually and I'll, I'll show you the data it's really kind of remarkable but what we did is the uh the guys were in switzerland and they were remotely charging a set of cells that we had plated and we had done two different types of cell media at the university where i used to teach and and the, so it was a biochem professor there and i was blinding the experiment right so it's nobody knew the guys in switzerland didn't know and the biochem professor who was plating everything didn't know which cells were which so i was the only one with the key and to to know which set of cells were which but i took pictures of two of the cells and so 96 well plates and they're filled with all these little cells and we did this in quadruplicate and i took pictures of the two that i wanted charged and sent it to the guys in switzerland and then the uh you know we plated them and we put them in a cell plate reader and so it's a luminometer basically so it reads put a thing called cell titer glow on and it has a reaction if there's atp production and you measure how much atp is coming off so what we found was within five minutes, the ATP production on the charge cells, only on the charge cells, keep in mind, in quadruplicates, so it's not like there was was an error, and we had done this three times, because I wanted to be absolutely certain that we eliminated all the variables that could have thrown us. It jumped 20% at the low end, and about 26-ish percent at the high end.
0: So back up, what's happening right here? You're now in a lab, you've got cell cultures in little plates that Mm -hmm. you can see through a microscope. Right. Dudes are in Switzerland. What are they doing?
1: Quantum charging it. So this is How? to your question yeah. about is it just ionic? Yeah. 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 So that's where science is right now. Right. And what I always used to tell my students was science is a point on a line. Right. The best science that we have now, a thousand years from now, people will typically look at and go,
0: ah, Yeah, that's outside.
1: laughable. Right. You know, like I mean, if you look back at the the best science a thousand years ago. It's we're like, oh, really, your leg was wet. So you amputated. Right. OK. You know, Those <laughs> oh, well, well, I don't even
0: think it was a thousand years well, ago. Honestly. Actually, it was 1, and, 100 years ago. Yeah,
1: that's true. Uh, but but that's the thing is so I know that really in the future, things will be radically different. So when you ask the question of, you know, is it solely ionic? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, one of the topics that I lecture about a lot is quantum biology, because people's perception of olfaction and gustation right smell and taste um for the longest time everybody just thought it was you know binding and ligand binding and proteins and lock and key mechanism and all this stuff like oh your re- you know your receptors are picking this up eh, no nah, it doesn't appear that way and there have been some really there were some really compelling data that showed that that isn't actually the case where they took um deuterated compounds so just heavy hydrogen so proton electron with a neutron as opposed to just proton and electron so from the atomic level, it looks like the same thing, binds the same way, but it has twice the mass. Mm-hmm. But because it has more mass, it vibrates differently. Right. And the insects that were bred to pick up one or the other could distinguish. So even though atomically it looks the same, or molecularly, yeah, even though it would look the same as a molecule from the outside, right? Like you can't really tell the difference between H2O and if one is a deuterium, you know, to an oxygen um but the insects could actually tell a difference they could smell the difference right and that makes you mm-hmm. go well how do you smell it if they're exactly the same from the molecular standpoint well because they're vibrationally different right and so that's that's what that experiment there's a there's a book um called life on the edge about quantum biology that is one of my required books for reading for students and that's it's there because it kind of breaks the paradigm and says like look this is what we're taught. This is where we're at. This is what what definitely happens, sort of. But you know, you can look at a system, and this is why I always bitch about the, the periodic table of the elements. Does it work? Sure, but in a lot of ways, it's like grouping flowers by color. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're really like, oh, they're the same. This rose is obviously the same as this tulip because they're both pink. You know that's not but really, really exactly right.
0: It <laughs> be more like a yellow rose instead of yeah. Yeah, and
1: yeah. that's the thing. So we're doing the best with what we've got. But when you see an experiment that's completely anomalous, it's incumbent upon you as a like a legit scientist to go, "Huh, I don't get that. That doesn't fit. Right? Where is the where is the error in what I'm doing?" And so when you're looking at different compounds and how they relate, if you really have the system figured out and you understand what's going on, there aren't exceptions, right? If you are like, "Well, it binds like this." But there's, you know, this list of exceptions. Well, what that tells me is
0: there's something you're missing. We're
1: missing something, right? Right.
0: So back to our plated cells.
1: Yes, back to our plated cells.
0: So Switzerland people are
1: doing quantum charging the cells, right? So
0: From there to here.
1: From there to here, right? So there's like a six thousand mile difference between. They don't know which or which, but only the cells that I sent them the picture of that they've put in there. They've taken the photo and put it in their handy little device over there.
0: So yeah. they're putting it in the Lila Quantum Cube?
1: Well, they're actually
0: Or do they have something different?
1: Yeah, well, it's um it's this n- new system. So there's the quantum upgrade, which is so the block is basically you actually have a physical block. Like I have yeah. them in my lab, I have them in my house, you know. I I keep them all over the place and they're really handy. Um and there's some I mean, you the thing I did 2 years ago at the the biohacking conference with where With
0: coffee. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: and and with also with because that's just a me thing, but the with um but Todd Shipman, who has a horrible shellfish allergy, right? And I brought him on stage, and you know, derma rolled his arm, put the crab meat in, instant histamine reaction, just like a dermal stamp test. And then I put it in the quantum block and talked about waveform dynamics and what's really happening. And then took it out, derma rolled his other arm, and put it on, and no reaction. And the, the video is online, and it's wow. kind of funny. But but people were like, "What?" Because it looks more like a magic trick. But what that tells me is, again the picture is not completely clear right mm-hmm. so what's really happening there is the interaction you're having with something you think you're having an allergic reaction because of some sort of you know binding of this and that no that's an outcropping that's a downstream effect like you think of yourself as a physical being right i think of myself as a physical being the reality is we're both collections of vibrating strings of things you know we're we're energy that's coalesced around our consciousness mm-hmm. And you know, my kind of estimation of how this works, and a lot of people, you know, in the sciences sort of make fun of this, is that, you know, people think, oh, you have a brain, your brain has these thoughts, it organizes higher levels of complexity, and then you have an awareness and a consciousness. I think that's entirely wrong. It's upside right? down. It's upside down, right? So Yeah. The expression of the epiphenomenon is exactly the opposite of that right it's you know completely diametrically opposed so you have a consciousness then the consciousness needs to express so you coalesce a form around that and if you approach it from that standpoint there's all sorts of puzzles you can solve right mm-hmm. there's all sorts of problems you can fix and different things you can do a lot of the coffee right because you realize that it's at its most fundamental nature, things aren't really what they appear you know it's einstein said it and I, I always laugh about this he said reality is an illusion albeit a persistent one you know <laughs> you know and the thing is i mean we we really do kind of have a refresh rate you know there's millions of times a second you basically recreate yourself and it's kind of like watching watching a show once you realize how the movie is made right there's all these different little slivers that are put together but very very rapidly so it has the appearance of form And when you approach it from that standpoint, the the quantum bit is you're using frequency modulation at a subtle level. So when you have an allergic reaction to something, waveform dynamics are what's really going on, right? That's the substrate below molecular interaction, right? So it cascades up. So every atom has sort of a a waveform, right? It it has a frequency that it emits. Um, This fellow named De Broglie came up with a a good equation for it in 1924. and got the nobel prize for it actually um and i was doing a project and had to rewrite it because it wasn't complete Mm -hmm. right knowing knowing what i had seen in experiments i realized oh that's cool and it applies but it's not really a full picture right he's saying basically you've got this this atom in this case and it oscillates at a certain rate and has emissive frequency true however it's not the only component that he's saying basically all of the energy is confined within the sphere and that's kind of like saying i've got a briefcase And I'm going to run down the hallway and I'm going to make a 90 degree turn. That's fine. But if your briefcase is filled with gyroscopes that are all spinning at the same time and you run down the hallway and you try and turn, you're going to get lifted off your feet because there's a lot of things that are happening on the inside at a subtle level that you don't see. And so our science, where we currently are, is we think that it's molecular dynamics, but it's really waveform dynamics that governs that. Right? It's it's the quantum chemistry that kind of aggregates to become the molecular dynamics. So, in the case of like the histamine reaction, when you have waveforms that work in accord, that jive with your body, right? Those things are additive. They're additive resonant harmonics. You feel good. It works with you. So there's constructive interference. But if you have something that doesn't jive, and the waveform is in opposition it's destructive interference and so when you get a destructive interference pattern in a waveform that cascades up and it registers in your physiology as hey problem allergic reaction yeah so if you just simply go to the very root of the thing and you address things on a quantum level two levels below the subatomic then you kind of sand out the rough edges and in the case of the you know the crab meat that i did on stage with that fellow is you you take out the harmful components of the waveform interaction and you make it so that it jives with that person's physiology
0: but you altered you in, you interacted with the waveform of the food not mm-hmm. the waveform of the person mm-hmm. but the waveform of the food doesn't interact that way with other people's waveforms so wouldn't wouldn't make made more sense to inter to modify his waveform
1: um Yeah, but that's a little bit pushy.
0: (laughs) No, I know it is, but you know what I mean? Like, then then would that shellfish have made somebody else allergic? Like, were you, I guess my question is. Probably, if they had an allergy, yeah,
1: yeah, it could have. It would have needed to have been tailored specifically for them. So
0: what you did, ultimately, is you helped that shellfish waveform to be more compatible with his. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So you needed, so it's almost like you needed his waveform to be able to do
1: mm-hmm.
0: execute what you did. Yeah. with the cube.
1: Yeah, one of one of the interesting things when you when you look at there's a an old experiment called the double slit experiment, right? And it's kind of what what takes things from um, a, a wave to a particle, right? It's a wave particle duality experiment. So they they realize that when you would look at a waveform at a certain point, the waveform collapses, but the waveform. It, it, Once it's observed, it collapses. So there's an interaction between the observer, the observed, and the act of observation. And you need all three components for Mm -hmm. it to happen. And so if you take out one of those components, it's a different thing altogether. So in order to modify something to work for a person, you kind of need the person.
0: Right. Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. And again, this is that's the thing that's kind of cool about this is you can't google the answers. That's why I like it is because it's so right on the edge that, you know, a lot of times I'm kind of uh, <laughs> scratching my head going, what the hell did I just see? How does this work? Yeah. You know, and when we actually, I mean, even with that with that ATP experiment, I mean, a 20 to 25% jump, you know, was really remarkable. I mean, it was actually I think it was like 26 on the top end, but it still it was so profound to me. I thought, "Damn, wow, that's okay, it works exactly like we had hoped it would work." You know, it's just Kind of shocking to see it in black and white.
0: So yeah. So basically the guys in Switzerland were able to affect yeah the ATP production of
1: Yeah. So it it's kind of like the smoking gun of non-local interaction in a biological system. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean that's the thing, is it's really kind of like, wow, okay. So all the way back rolling back before the digression, your question about do I think it's just interacting with things that are nasty particles based on ionic distribution of things? No. No. I don't. I think that's that's a way that it's happening, but um, you know, it's like saying you walked across a room, you know, was it all just muscular force? Yeah, but there's a lot of other interactions that are at play, too.
0: Okay. So this goes back to the carbon-60 question. Yeah. The little buckyballs, how they not only are they going to deliver, but then they're going to, on the way out the door, they're going to take the garbage with them. Yeah,
1: exactly. And and actually, in one of the preparations I made, I developed it for cancer right, as an anti-metastatic. And one of the beautiful parts is it blocks transcription, so everything dies in the S phase of the cell cycle. And it, it just basically can't replicate. It inhibits replication. And that's how I shunted the, the metastatic spread. But the cool part is when everything dies, because cancer cells are peculiar, if they can't replicate, they go apoptotic. Like normal cells become zombie cells, they go yeah. senescent, and which suck because they do this paracrine signaling thing and they send out a molecular signal and it affects, you know, like if 8% of your cells are, are damaged and senescent, then it will cascade and hit maybe 40% of the cells in that tissue or organ system and detrimentally hit them. Mm-hmm. So you want to wipe those out. Cancer cells, since their whole basic job is like, replicate, Yeah. Um, if they can't replicate, they go a topic and they literally just blow themselves they apart. They fall on their sword. Right, they fall on their sword, exactly. Like, I am no longer able to serve. Uh. Yeah, and yeah. so that's it, They're seppuku, right? So when they do that, the particles that are in there, normally with that much you know, cancer cell death really rapidly, which is what the stuff I develop triggers, um, you'd have a Herxheimer reaction, right? right. It would. It it's would, from the
0: waste and the yeah, yeah,
1: because everything suddenly hits your system. And you have all this, you know, necrotic debris floating around. Unless you've got a ton of nanoscopic carbon binded to you that's renally and hepatically protective, and then it just whoosh, cycles everything out of you. So,
0: so where what's up with that formula? Is it being tested? Or it, yeah, what's it's the story because that's that's that's. that's that's dicey territory you're getting into there.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's probably a not ready for primetime player thing yeah. um, because I, I, you know, so far works like a champ, but I don't know that. Uh, that's a, That's a big industry. And um, someone well,
0: it's a big machine. You're.
1: Yeah. I don't know that I really want to uh, poke, poke that bear at this particular moment. It's a big bear. Somebody asked me a while back at a party, you know, why hasn't somebody solved that issue? And And I said, money.
0: And fear.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's sad because that sounds so tinfoil hat. And I actually told somebody that one time before, you know, they were like, oh, you need to stop talking about that. And I said, well, why? And they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's a giant industry and they'll crush you. And you're... I thought, ah, and I literally said, that's so tinfoil hat, man. You can't say that. And they were like, I've been around big business for a long time. And in truth, they were right. I was completely wrong. That is like, that's a big industry. You don't want to, you know, cross cross swords with those guys and tangle with them
0: but it does crazy stuff for P53 mice, I'm guessing. Those P53 e, knockout Well, was. you
1: know, interestingly enough, they didn't die from tumors. So they died of old age. Wow. You know, one of them had a tumor, actually when, so the very first mouse, I I opened it up and did the necropsy on it. And, and I was kind of flummoxed because I was looking around going, shit, this is a femoral tumor or rather a femoral hemorrhage. And, and why did it die of a femoral hemorrhage? And I went through the thing and I thought, I'm not a vet pathologist like I this is not my gig you know I'm basically just barely making the grade here so I thought okay next one I'm going to send it off to somebody and get full histology and and get a vet pathologist to do this so I did and came back and said you know old age no tumors well damn okay so the third one same thing fourth one same thing and it kept coming back one with there was a problem with the freezing and it was inconclusive but across the entire cohort None of them died of tumors. Like we could barely even find them. Normally, those idiopathic tumors that just present, they're so large that that's what kills the animal. And in this case, they all died of old age, you know? And it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a compelling result.
0: So, what's the next step with something like that?
1: Well, so interestingly, there was a group that had reached out back in the day and a couple of years back and tried to license those patents from me, um, who then oddly, Published a paper uh, about a year ago where they showed that C60 created tumors, and, and and I I read the paper and a lot of people reached out to me and said, "Hey, this seems like it's triggering tumorigenesis. And I said, "Well, yeah, because if you read their methods, and you know the materials and methods section." Like you can very easily use something that's that much of an antioxidant and turn it into a prooxidant if you expose it to oxygen and light and you do it the wrong way, right? Like my lab is really great. My production facility is pretty awesome. And we've got all kinds of cool stuff. So we do it in the dark and we do it under a vacuum and have all these kind of you know protocols set up and and constraints in place so that it doesn't end up as a detriment. It's a benefit but if you don't do it that way you can very easily skew the results to show like oh look at this it's horrible
0: Hey guys, just a quick interruption to thank our last sponsor for this episode, and that would be Profound Health. Now, you guys know that I talk about bioregulator peptides all the time. If you're new to the podcast, you may not know what I'm talking about, but you will if you keep listening to the podcast. So bioregulator peptides are available on the Profound Health site in oral form and also in sublingual form. Now, the orals have been out of stock forever, and guess what? I'm happy to announce that they are back in stock. So all you have to do to get your hands on some is go to profound-health.com and use discount code longevity15 to get 15% off your first order. That's profound-health.com and longevity15. Now let's jump back into the episode.
1: My particular take on that, not that I would ever think a pharmaceutical company would do something like this, but if you wanted to get people off of the path while you were developing something, a really great way to do it might be to publish some confounding data so that two papers say there are no tumors and one paper says, oh, look, that, you know, it's creating tumors.
0: That reasonable doubt. Yeah. Um, So, so for carbon 60 so let's talk a little bit about carbon sixty. more about carbon 60 now so you're saying exposure to light and oxygen is a problem so when we're buying let's say we buy a supplement that's carbon 60. Mm -hmm. is that does that mean that it has a very specific shelf life that we have to be careful of like how old like if somebody has a bottle that they opened a year ago does that mean they shouldn't use it anymore or is there something about once it's formulated that protects
1: it. Interestingly, so you can nix the rancidity effects in oils if you bind it to C60, right? It will block it from becoming rancid because it nixes the oxidation. And so when C or you know when an oil typically um becomes, you know, there's lipid peroxidation and things like that so they they become rancid. Well, it stops that. So they're usually good for quite a long time. But what I always tell people is if you buy a C60 supplement and there are a lot of companies that I think are really good. Like I know a lot of the guys that do this stuff and some of them are just aces they're really good scientists and they make good products um and most everybody is kind of on board with you know just generally trying to help out um but there are some people who are you know kind of fly by night companies that i think are probably like using you know c60 with solvents and mixing it in bad ways and doing it in the light and all kinds of stuff because like the, the stuff i get is i get it from a lab where we do a solvent free extraction method you know where it's sublimated and you do you do it so that there there are no solvents being exposed to people. Now, interestingly enough, though, I have to give credit, even if you use solvents, typically it's not actually a bad thing because the degree of solvents that are still left in that stuff after you've done a like a double vacuum oven drying process it's so minuscule that it's well below the threshold of what your body can process through mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i i personally i would prefer no solvents and that's why i use yeah. stuff with no solvents but yeah, yeah in a perfect world not everybody can afford that so if somebody's trying to make this stuff on their own dime at home and they don't buy tons of it like i do then then you know get just good 99.9 percent you know even if it's solvent extracted just put it in an oven and bake it and you can make your own stuff you know i i would i would recommend i, I actually <laughs> would not
0: recommend that
1: just if you're going to do that yeah it's you're far better off if you use somebody that's got a legit lab set up where where all the controls are in place and it's made you know because my my setup it's, it's taken me quite a few years to amass all of the stuff to do it and do it the right way and you know um
0: couple of explosions here (laughs) all right yeah okay so carbon 60 it help. it not only like not only does it deliver and reduce oxidative stress eliminates it really um it'll also then pick up the trash and remove Mm -hmm. it from the body so now you've gone a step further because the first supplements of carbon 60 were just carbon 60 yeah you can get it in coconut oil or you can get it with olive oil that was about it
1: it was good so you've
0: kind of taken yeah, things to the next level I, so let's I did. talk about that a little bit because that's where wizard sciences becomes really wizardy
1: yeah so i i uh i started playing with things to see what kind of effects i could sort of max out um to get really extreme effects and so one of the one of the serums i make is we call it the olympic serum and i made it for a bunch of guys who were trying out for the olympics And they were, they were pole vaulters, or as I called it, reverse limbo. And so, (laughs) so, so the guys that are at that level, right, you know, top tier athletes going out for the Olympics, they're all, you know, elite performers, top, you know, like 10th of a percent kind of a thing. And so if you can, if you can adjust their performance by one or 2%, they, it's huge, right? It's It's the difference
0: between winning and losing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so with these guys, we started and they didn't really know what to expect. I didn't really know what to expect. But we started getting 13 to 17% jumps. <laughs> and so one of the measures that we were testing was grip strength. And And I'll, I'll give you this picture. Which is a really
0: it, good thing to have when you're pole vaulting by right. the way, because yes. you just <laughs> don't want to <use> your grip <laughs> to reverse the way out. So, yeah. Well,
1: you know, and they, I didn't, there's, there's so many subtleties to it. Like they actually have to rotate when they come up on the top and those guys, all the guys that were doing, going out for it, they had grip strengths that were about 160 pounds, mm-hmm. which is, huge like shaking hands with them was like you know
0: a dangerous it was like a
1: vice grip like "Eh." um you know i think i i did it in my best shot was like 128 130 and they were like easily 160 every time so after they started taking the serum they hit over 200 every time and the one of the pictures the one i'll send you is funny because the guy who was doing it, Alex, uh, he actually cracked the grip strength machine. Mm. So it was so far yes. in excess of 200 pounds that it actually split the machine. Um, and what what's happening there is it, you can trigger a super precipitation. Basically, you can fire all of your muscle fibers. So normally your brain down regulates your muscle firing to like 25 to 30% of your capacity. And in this case, you can bypass that. So there's a um, there's a lot of athletes who are using it now because it, it not only is it protective intracellularly it allows you to really access like if you if you're a trained athlete and you can kind of control how much you're firing you can really access a lot more performance than you normally would right
0: so but it's not just carbon 60 there's a, no a, so, so it's a potentiator really it, it's right? a
1: potentiator but there are other components in there so one of the things is nicotinamide mononucleotide NMN, right NMN and if you if you couple nmn it's which is an nad precursor so you're basically trying to give the electron transport chain all of the components it needs so you can up it so what i did is i looked at all the different complexes of the etc and said okay i can hit this with this compound this with this compound this with this compound and if i couple them this way then i can get some synergies so the, the performance outcropping. So that normally, like when you look at things in a cell and you're, you're reading it out, you know, you hit it with a cell tighter glow and you get your readouts, you're like, Oh, okay, cool. It's great. But when I put in a physical system, I'm never going to see this kind of performance. Well, maybe, but that's what I'm actually seeing is, you know, like these huge things were one athlete that I was talking to this week. Um, you know, uh, one of the other guys in the company told me this because he had a conversation with him too. And I thought this was pretty remarkable. He's, he's a professional athlete and was doing powerlifting and his one rep max the day before he did a mega dosing of the Olympic serum. The next day he was able to do reps. He was able to do his one rep max in reps? reps. Yeah. In, in the span of one day.
0: So for those of you who don't spend time in CrossFit gyms or lifting <laughs> gyms and don't know what we're talking about, one rep max is the weight to lift that you could only possibly lift once.
1: Right. It's and your, that's it.
0: Uh, and it's like your fingers are going to fall off or yeah. your arms, you think your arms are going to get longer or they're going to get pulled out of your socket or whatever the case may be. So from one day to the next, he went from one day from being able to only barely lift this thing to
1: to being able to do reps of you know five to 10. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's because of the way.
0: So, okay, so because, so that, I'm trying to, okay, mechanistically what's going on. So if you're able to recruit more muscle fibers.
1: Exactly. Then
0: you just have more men on the job. So now you can just do more yeah and so but the body limits to 25 to 30 percent why is that as a protection mechanism it, it is a
1: protective mechanism and what i have consistently told people myself included like um,
0: don't, don't overdo don't this. do it
1: right like if you can if you can lift 250 pounds great lift 270 pounds there's um uh, a friend of mine who's a, who's an MD in New York, uh, Maya Shetri, she is kind of a big believer in this because she did the same thing. She had worked up to lifting, I think, 200 pounds and then went in and was able to lift instantly, like right after starting this, 230 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so she saw this, was like, what? A 15% gain? And her personal trainer was kind of freaked out. And that was the only thing she had changed when she started taking the Olympics serum. So she, you know, and she's an MD, she knows what she's doing. Um that's why she's a real believer in it is because she firsthand experienced it. And she actually, we were talking a while back and she said, had I not actually experienced that, I would have thought be it was total bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. And 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 that's true because I've had the same experience. But the reason your body does that is because you, you're keeping some gas in the tank, right? Mm-hmm. Because if there's some sort of fight or flight thing that you need to do, you can actually do a lot. Because if you if you figure normally 25 to 30%, you know if you if a car falls on your baby and I you was have about to, to say
0: so that's why people can do those crazy extreme yeah. things in that moment
1: yeah there was a net is that
0: it's like the the shut, the gates open right.
1: up right every yeah you get you so you get, you get and adrenaline and you're yeah. like you know, superhero suddenly, but
0: you can't be lifting cars every day.
1: No, well, there was there was I think it was a Nat Geo special, and they were talking about human strength, and they were talking about that the central governor theory, which is the idea that your brain downregulates everything. And there was a, a rock climber who had been going up a sheer rock face, and a piece of I think it was shale had come off and fallen on him, and he was sliding backwards, about to go off of a 500 foot drop, and it was a 1,200 pound rock, and they knew this because they measured it because he. Pushed it off of himself, like he literally bench pressed. In now he sheared both pectoralis muscles. So it, in the process, yeah, yeah, you know, and that's the thing is, can your body do it? Sure. Should it? No. It's it's so fight then, or flight. Okay.
0: So then, what's the way to use the Olympic serum? So it gives you this superpower to be able to do way more than you should be able to do. Yeah. Too fast. Like right. before you have the
1: well, time to if, build up. It's the a capacity. dose dependent function, right? Okay. So if you're not in this, the fellow, the athlete that I was talking about, he was experimenting. And I said, How much were you taking? And, you know, um, it was a kind of a substantial amount. He told, Yeah, he told the, the other fellow at the company that he'd taken four tablespoons. So that's.
0: And a that's dose a, is. A dose
1: is two teaspoons, right? right. So 10, 10 milliliters versus 60 milliliters. Right. Okay. So he, yeah, he 6 x the dose. And, yeah. and it's a dose dependent function. So, you know, he got this crazy, crazy performance. Um, But the the best way to use it is most people are fatigued anyway. Right. Most people run through life kind of tired. Yeah. Take this and you won't be.
0: And so you can get to the gym and do your workout. Your two teaspoons will allow you.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. More than more than just that. Actually, one of the one of like the elite CrossFitters in the country (laughs) called me after his first day of use. And we have mutual friends and uh, he called me and said, first question was, is this legal? And I said, yeah, it's legal. And he said, I just ran the fastest. And he was retiring from competition that year. He had turned the ripe old age of 35. And so in pro- well, having,
0: having done CrossFit, <laughs> I, I get that. I got tired of funding my yeah. chiropractor's kids' <laughs> university education.
1: Right. So so he was retiring from competitive you know, athletics that year. And he ran his fastest runtime the first day that he took it ever, his fastest runtime ever and put up lifts that he said he hadn't been able to do for seven years. And so, and that was with, you know, two teaspoons. So it's, it's more than enough to power through, you know, to get whatever you want to do done. Personally, I I mean, yeah, you can use it at the gym, but I think if you have a lot of extra energy you're just a better human, right?
0: So this is about energy. Yeah. It's, okay. It's so about the Olympic energy. serum is really because I was going to say this. So this is not just a workout supplement. No, this is a No,
1: it's a get through life. Get more
0: gas yeah. in the tank.
1: Yeah. Are you feeling fatigued? Take this and you won't, right? And the and the other thing is really the, some of the peripheral benefits, if you have uh inflammatory response in your joints or a lot of autoimmune conditions your body will fix those things if it has the resources to fix those things or let's say for something that you and i are well aware of let's say you have a bunch of that in your system and you're horribly depleted on say iron or something like that
0: you don't feel it
1: you don't feel it and you keep motoring along even though most people would need a transfusion you just keep motoring on and you get four to five hours of sleep a night and you keep rocking it and going at a crazy rate
0: but could you not be burning the candle at both could it not be giving you like you know what i mean like yeah. would there not be a like you'd be better off replete repleting 100%. the iron so yeah. that you're not
1: oh yeah. yeah and think about how much more performance you get that way so but the thing is it's kind of like a safety net you know yeah. that's how i think of it as i think of it as literally like a biological safety net yeah you know should you deplete all those other things absolutely not you should make sure that you're you know, going in, getting good checks and good labs so you know what the hell's going on. Like and I and we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about me here. Yeah. So uh <laughs> you know, the thing is I probably run a little too hard and a little too fast. <laughs> and I'm kind of like the cobbler's kid with no shoes because like I, I work on a lot of other people and do a lot of other things, but I've kind of like, ah, I'll get I'll get around to myself when I get around to myself. You know, shy of having to repair my leg and my collarbone. Um I, I haven't really focused on anything for myself physically, which, which is incidentally is what I was telling you before we started, I'm actually about to start doing this kind of de-aging protocol because I'm, I'm legitimately curious to see with all of the stuff that I've, you know, kind of put together over the past couple of years and with all of the really brilliant friends that I have, who've done little components of this and that, what would happen if I just cobbled put it all together. all together? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll know, right? And We're
0: going to find out. We're going to
1: find there's out. be another
0: <laughs> podcast episode about this. Yeah. Okay. So that's Olympic.
1: So that's Olympic. And then neural, the, and this one's neural. my favorite, right? Oh neural my God. RX. The
0: letter you showed me. So, but let's let's go through the problem first, Stop. and then okay, so, so the problem.
1: The problem. Okay, so the whole impetus for making this stuff was to figure out how to fix Alzheimer's, right? Okay. And someone, a, a neurosurgeon, actually wrote me a note and said, "Hey, we had a mutual friend in common who was also a doctor, and they said, you know." we think you can solve this in three weeks literally and they said three weeks and i and i remember at the time i was like whatever and i thought it was total bs and it, it just didn't register but then i thought you know and it was somebody who was supposed to be very kind of esoterically tapped in and have a lot of knowledge and i thought you know it's three weeks what the hell i'll give it a shot i mean it's just three weeks i can tinker with something for three weeks so i thought okay if alzheimer's is a problem why does this disease exist so i kind of went through the pathogenesis right and i I read a ton of stuff and I have the benefit of picking up knowledge pretty quickly. So I read a litany of information out there and lots of papers and it didn't feel quite right. Like the the general assessment didn't feel right and I thought, I think this is right. So I kind of broke it down and came up with why would nature make this? And what I ended up at was it's not a disease. It's a protective mechanism.
0: So let's define what this is because I'm with you because I know what this is, but it's it's the plaque. Yeah. Right? So, so it's, it's the tau. so yeah. yeah.
1: So it's a combination of these things going on where you have tau proteins and amyloid beta plaques, and that's one component. But the other component is a downregulation of neuronal potential. Right. So the literally the energy drops. And so the other component is you, there's this little subset system in your in your body called your glymphatic system.
0: Yeah, which, which got discovered not that yeah, long ago. Yeah, three
1: years ago, I think. Yeah. And so it's what your body uses to purge and clean your brain. So
0: At night, at which night, is why you need to yeah, sleep. Yeah,
1: you got to sleep because you have to have it. Um. So what happens is when I broke this down and I, I looked at it and said, okay, well, why does this disease exist? Well, sure enough, not a disease. What happens is, in my estimation your body is bombarded with different things environmentally, right? So you have exogenous threats like glyphosate, and heavy metals, and toxins in the air, and you know. Viruses. yeah, Viruses, whatever, right? So those things come in, and when they get kind of an approximate area to your brain, your body goes, oh no, and wraps them in something and packs it away. So you get these little buildup of plaques and proteins. And so that's one component of it, right? And it can also be endogenous stuff. You know, you can have like P. gingivalis in your mouth and the bacteria there so, this so close the to bias, your brain. Yeah,
0: so this is interesting, right? So this is that connection to yeah. like gum disease and-
1: Exactly. It's so proximate that the little bacteria roll right past your blood-brain barrier, but your body of course has a protective mechanism. And we've talked about this. You're, you have this thing called your omentum, O-E-M-E-N-T-U-M, which is this kind of lacy band around your midsection that is your body's mechanism for sequestering things that would cause a, a, a problem with your blood pH, right? Because if mm-hmm. your blood pH shifts, you die. Yeah. And so when you get something in that's you know too carbohydrate-rich, that's going to convert to sugars, that's going to be too acidic, it packs it in little fat packets blink, and tucks it around your midsection. Hence the very svelte look and athletic appearance of most people in North America because our diets are perfect. So, so, so for those of us who have a bit of a donut, it's because we're eating stuff that's improper and your body is protecting you, right? Mm-hmm. It's keeping you alive and just protecting you. It doesn't care what your midsection the, the body doesn't care if the you have a six-pack.
0: No, doesn't give a damn. Factor. Right. No. It's
1: it's about survival. So of course your brain has a similar mechanism. So when it gets some thread, it wraps it and packs it away. And, you know, it keeps those threats held in place. Now as you age, your body downregulates, right? Your your cellular potential drops. You don't have as much energy. Your glymphatic system, which literally uses it's a it's a kind of a like a hydraulic pump, if you will, yeah. right? So it uses interstitial fluid and cerebrospinal fluid. It opens up a channel and it literally pushes it in and washes your brain, and then pulls toxins out, which then go into your lymph system and then are excreted. So as you get older, that functions less and less and less and less. And if you get really crummy sleep because you're exposing yourself to lots of blue light late in the night, I don't know, like an iPhone or something, it gets even worse, right? And and culturally, we're in a bad spot, right? And mm-hmm. so we're going to see over the next couple of decades a lot more of that, I think. But all of these things kind of existing in the same sphere, what I saw was, oh, so the body was trying to protect us, but everybody's being assaulted. So some people, you know, that aren't dying of, you know, cardiac issues or aren't dying of diabetic issues or whatever, you know, or cancers, their their short fuse in the batch is Alzheimer's. And that takes them out of the game because everybody's getting these assaults, but some people might just be more susceptible to it. Whether right. it's, you know, the environment or genetics, doesn't really matter. They're just more susceptible. And so I thought, okay, well. If that's the problem, it's still thinking like this, and was was in the first week, still thinking, okay, if this is the problem and this is actually the origin of this, you know, system, well, how would I roll it back? So then I broke every one of those components down and figured out what I would use to roll them back individually, and then I put all of that together, and the result was the Neural RX. And you know, I don't want to make any medical claims, um, but if you don't have some sort of massive cognitive deficit, it's like rocket fuel for your brain. And it has the benefit of, you know, as a lot of people will say, people people use it in ways that I hadn't anticipated. You know, like a lot of people say it really helps with ADD and ADHD and things like that. But personally, I think that's just because a lot of those systems are deficits because of the energetics, right? We're in an environment where we're overtaxed, not sleeping properly, your energetics are really piss poor. And so because of that, everything falls apart. And if you just simply change that you know, at the mitochondrial level and the mitochondrial health goes up and you have more energy, the body wants to balance itself. So yeah. it starts to balance itself. But if you do have those extreme cognitive deficits, what I have noticed in multiple cases, um, quite a few actually in the numbers is growing, the symptoms roll back.
0: So it's when you're taking it though.
1: It, it is when you're taking it. Okay. So, yeah. what
0: is it about this formula that gets it to the brain? Because Olympic doesn't do this. No, it doesn't. I mean, do that. I'll bet you so, Olympic does help the brain a little bit, but
1: it does, but just in a peripheral in a way. way. Yeah, yeah. no. So, this, I, I bound it to a different lipid, right? So, the body, I use the body to do the heavy lifting. So, the body will take in different fats and allocate them to different places in the body. I use MCT. Yeah. So, I use pure caprylic, right? So, C8, because carbonate is the most active fraction of an MCT. And, and you don't smell like a goat, C6, Capric. Um, <laughs> for, for those, for those chemists, yeah, you'll laugh at that. Um, goat, goat oil, Capric. Uh, so it breaks down. It hits the liver and fractionates and becomes beta-hydroxybutyrate and sucks all this stuff up to the brain with it. And then it starts to break it down. And then it has proteolytic enzymes that go in and very gingerly nibble all the little proteins and plaques. And there was a, a really good research paper out of Japan that showed that that was the case. You know, they could get past the blood-brain barrier with this specific proteolytic enzyme and it would start to eat the plaques and the proteins and the benefit there is you don't want to break those things down in one shot because if your body has wrapped all of those toxins for a reason you want to take it out in little bitty loads you don't want to massively dump toxins in your body which unfortunately is how some therapeutics that may or may not have been recently approved um <laughs> for for said conditions actually do it which is uh, it's like the death knoll. it's it's a horrible it's, approach in my opinion
0: yeah well it's i mean certainly it's got a lot of people up in arms
1: and rightly it so It's not
0: being universally celebrated
1: no it's kind of it's kind of like deuterated therapeutics which is something that i i just saw that a lot of companies are starting to move to you know uh, i was, was like sent, with deuterium yeah with deuterium i was in an article and yet, i just today. spent
0: three months drinking deuterium depleted water
1: right yeah and it was uh yeah a, a new compound that is deuterated and they were saying that it, it you know it will protect against oxidative stress which is it's it's the logic there is kind of like saying you know very few kids are killed in antarctica on the tundra so let's to send keep, the kids
0: to the antarctica to on the keep
1: tundra them safe we're gonna put them out on the tundra i mean it is literally it's like it's it's some of the most backwards thinking i think i have ever seen like whatever whatever scientists like came up with that should be run out of town on a rail it's you know two all right let's go, 2.0. let's go
0: back to the neural formula yeah so, so the neural it's formula caprylic, acid, caprylic so that, acid so that it gets it to the brain right it's proteolytic enzymes which guys think of them as like little pac-men yeah that, literally you, that very
1: very literally protein yeah
0: and there's something else there's a couple of so so there's
1: there. nmn right again, again right so that precursor NAD precursor NAD. Precursor, NAD. yeah and mixed with resveratrol because you get these kind of interesting effects so if you take nmn as an n80 precursor it's really good but if you link it with resveratrol, it gets about a 50% bump, right? Okay. Well, 52, I think, is what it was actually measured at. So it's 52% more effective. And if you mix it with um, ginsenicides, like ginseng derivatives, it's actually 97%. So is really good for the brand. Yeah, so if yeah. you take NMN and ginseng, it's actually 97% more than just So it's
0: a... one plus one is five.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's that's right. basically it.
0: So for resveratrol, um, and I, you know, this is funny, doing this in person, like we could sit here and talk for hours and it's more or less been hours. So wow. we're gonna have to <laughs> dial it back, but, or we're gonna have to close soon, but for resveratrol, mm-hmm. controversial compound, a lot of people will say, well, it's not bioavailable, which I know you're gonna have an answer for. Mm-hmm. Um, and other people will say, well, terostilbin would be a better thing to use instead of resveratrol because it's its friendlier, or more bioavailable cousin. Mm-hmm. Why resveratrol? And tell me about this.
1: I, I actually think, uh, in a perfect world, and I probably will go back and reformulate. I will move to ginsenosides because just
0: ginsenosides. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because I, I think there's actually better efficacy and more bioavailability. So, okay. and in in truth, it was, you know, I always joke. Uh, about reinventing the oval, right? Like everybody, when you when you stumble upon something and you figure something out, a lot of times you're like, oh, look how great I did. It's the perfect form. No, probably not. Like, and in this case, it does the job.
0: Science, it's a little, this goes back a little bit to what you said earlier, right? Yeah. We know what we know now. That's it. The be- But the best scientists, just like the best doctors and the best therapists yeah. and the best anything are people who say, I'm going to keep working. I'm just going to keep making this better because... Yeah to your point and anybody's point in this business who kind of gets it we only know what we know today we're gonna know something else tomorrow
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) and we have to be willing to
0: go back and revisit
1: well and that's actually that's why wizard sciences exist right because i i left because the the mindset where i was because i had started a company before this was to continue doing exactly where i had moved the ball to before and that's fine and then just refine it and make more profit and do the same widget over and over that was not really how my thing was. I wanted to d- do the best. Like, I want to see what the best human performance I can elicit is. And so to your point, yeah, why was Veritrol? Because it was readily available. Mm-hmm. I knew it worked. I had the data. Is it the best thing? No, it's absolutely unequivocally, and I know that, not the best thing. Okay. Um, so will I reformulate? Yeah, probably coming, so. Coming soon. And, and actually, yeah. it's it literally, we're synthesizing things right now actually to that end so that's funny how that works funny how that works and constantly improving
0: and the feedback you've gotten on this formula has been nothing short of jaw dropping
1: it it is remarkable yeah and it it really is i mean like all the you know there have been one of the women sent me a picture uh her her son had pandas um which is you know a neurodisease and uh for kids and it's a really bad one right he hadn't been able to put his heels down he a lot of the kids walk on their toes and um within i want to say she said three days he was back on his heels for the first time in a year and walking around
0: well because pandas sometimes is brought on by a, an infection
1: yeah very frequently right and the, again it's whatever stresses your body to the point of breaking right wow. you can have all these latencies in your body and you know like or rather, not so much latencies, but a latent, a latent infection of some sort, like Epstein Barr or something,
0: which ninety percent of the population has, yeah. whether they realize it or not.
1: Yeah, and right? they're they're just dormant; they're laying in wait, waiting for something to trigger them. It's kind of like when Hashimoto's triggers, right? People people get it because of emotional things, or physical things, or chemical things, right? It can be any one of those triggers. It just it's whatever pushes the person past the point biologically,
0: and so. So the neural formula really has application, not just to someone with Alzheimer's. No, it's
1: it's, everybody should be taking it. Well, the thing is, the reason I would really like it to get out far and wide is because we're all under assault every day. Literally every day, our brains are under assault from all these toxins and environmental things. And, And actually, sadly, it doesn't stop there, right? The EMFs that we're being exposed to, like anybody who thinks that's you know just silly just keep reading papers because the voltage gated calcium yeah. ion channels yeah. the the things that we're exposed to on a daily basis are so much more powerful than what is actually required to affect those in a detrimental way everybody's around them all the time you know i still use my old school earbuds and
0: i do too you know <laughs> i refuse to wear earbuds. i really i literally refuse listen i have a friend who just had a baby what did they get for me an EMF blocking blanket and (laughs) beanie.
1: Nice. Actually, one of the things with uh, the stuff that we've been doing at Leela is, and and we've got data on this, it's on the website, is showing that we can eliminate a lot of the biological stress from EMFs just with quantum charged things. Because it it affects- Is that like
0: the the little, the pendant? Or the thing you have in your pocket. The
1: thing that I always have in my, my pocket. My my
0: pendant is at my home. My heel capsule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm afraid to carry it in my pocket because I'll lose it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: instead, I left it at home, and I'm traveling for five weeks.
1: Yeah. Well, you can have this one if you want. I have a. Cube. It's yours. So uh, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I because we have all the blood work that shows, you know, if you put this in your pocket and you're exposed to EMFs, it will negate the effects.
0: That's insane.
1: It is. It it well. It defies our conventional understanding of how those waveforms interact. Now, we've got the data that shows we don't know everything. And so you know, as the science guy there, it's up to me to figure out and suss all this stuff out so I can explain it. Honestly, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to fully do that. And, and the reason there is we're big, meaty, tangible critters. And a lot of the stuff that we've shown is having an effect is so very subtle that we don't have ways to measure it Well,
0: it's amorphous right it doesn't doesn't, you can't touch it or feel it
1: and it's interactive one of one of the stranger experiments i did was i took vitamin c and i have you know the the infinity block and so i took vitamin c out of the same sample at the lab and we ran it through uh, the, the spectroscopic equipment and i looked at the the readout on the the potential basically reduction oxidation potential and so before two samples were identical After, one was so much more effective and one wasn't. And I thought, okay, then I ran it back through the spec. It's the same compound, but it behaves like an entirely different compound, which gets back... It's the stuff you can't see. It's the stuff you can't see.
0: Right. Yeah. It's the stuff you can't see. So for those of you who don't know what the block is, because this is, you know, Ian's got his finger in many different pies. Yeah, lots and Um, lots
1: and lots of different So the
0: Leela Quantum Block, that's a different company. It's a whole other...
1: Yeah, it's a whole other thing. But the reason I work with them is because what they're doing is impactful, right? Yeah. And where I can help those guys be impactful, and it will help other people, I'm 100 percent on board because their stuff is really great. Next and, level. Yeah, it is next level. It's truly next level. And you know, I'm just I'm like the token scientist, right? Like I'm the guy, you know, because it's a it's a bunch just of just hanging out of, <laughs> here, just yeah, yeah. Well, it's it it seems very woo woo, and there's a lot of people who are you know healers and this and that and. But they're legit. I mean, I've I've seen the data, I have the blood work. It's it's legit stuff. They they just need someone to be able to kind of bridge the gap yeah. you know, that has the vocabulary of science so that you can explain it and say, okay, right, you, this healing effect. So you're propagating a waveform and it's changing the molecular dynamics here, and that affects the blood work, and here are the pictures. It's actually one of the most compelling things. If anybody goes to, I think it's LeelaQ.com and looks at the shots of the effect on red blood cell aggregation, Mm, you know, the little coin rolls that fall. I
0: I get those, yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. So if you look at that five minutes before exposure to a quantum block and five minutes after on dark field microscopy, it's entirely different. So Ben Greenfield is a friend of mine and and he called me when that first came out, you know, the blocks were first being kind of pushed out and he said, hey man, is this legit? (laughs) And nobody else had the data. I sent him the blood work and he went, huh, okay and you know now a couple of years later he's like okay this is absolutely legit but but at first he had the same i admittedly like he had the same sort of reluctance i did because you, you hear somebody like well, you're like there's this yeah. like my kids seriously were, yeah my kids were <laughs> making fun of it. they were like oh, let me get this right so you've got this thing and it's charged with some special vibration and it's going to protect me physically so what you're giving me is a magic talisman and i was like yeah okay I get it effectively that that's kind of what it sounds like, you know, but it it does actually, I mean, being open and being, you know, pretty educated about history, I, I kind of wonder, like how much of this stuff did other people figure out
0: well, or stumble upon and not understand, (laughs) but just at a gut, at a, at a very, at a core (laughs) level, just say, this makes me feel good.
1: So one of the weirdest ones like that is there's this old um Hindu ritual called uh, a, a puja, right? Okay. And this, this specific puja was the Agni puja, and the Agni was the god of fire. And so what they would do is they would take this thing it was basically, a, it's a shiva lingam. It looks kind of like a stone egg. And they would burn charcoal from coconut husks around it and then they would pour ghee, clarified butter, you know, sacred ghee, So, which is butyric acid, short-chain fatty acid. They would pour it over and then it would bind with the coconut and they would let it sit. And then the deal was you would eat the prasad, the holy food, that was the product of this coconut charcoal bound to this lipid and they said that it would give you an extension of lifespan for two cycles, which would make you live twice Perfect as long. 60? Exactly. Get out. It's completely serious. And when I first saw it, I was like, damn, they like that's that's legit. I mean, that's an actual like, but I'm sure all that stuff was lost to antiquity and people would read that and be like, whatever, that's yeah, total yeah, malarkey. Yeah. But uh, I have the dead rats to prove it, you know, or mice actually. But uh, you know, it's yeah, that actually was a thing, you know, somebody at some point had stumbled on it and sure enough, you know, I guess they did enough Agni pujas that they, you know, somebody lived a really ridiculously really long, long time.
0: time. Well, somebody was just addicted to the Agni <laughs> pujas. So just right. like, I'm having Agni puja every day.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing is you, you have to wonder like, well, it, you know, I always joke about this far side cartoon where there are these two sharks that are swimming. This is the
0: last story, by the way, guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. There are these two sharks swimming side by side, and one is looking up at the other one and goes, dude, your dorsal fin's sticking up. How long has that been screwing things up for us? And I kind of feel like a lot of times in sciences, that's exactly it. It's like, it's this very obvious thing. We're like, oh, ah, huh, cool. You know, it just comes out of left field because it's been there all along. We just hadn't codified it
0: well and we take and and it's just that's the way it is yeah that's yeah there's no other way it could possibly be that's just the way it is
1: yeah
0: all right Ian. nat i I want to keep talking yeah we we should we should probably (laughs) wrap so why don't we tell people where they can find the wizardly wizard stuff if they if you guys decide you want to do your own experiments we didn't talk about coupon codes or discounts or anything. So assuming we come to an agreement on that,
1: there will be one. It'll be will,
0: in the show notes. Yeah,
1: I I will make sure there's one. And
0: I'll have talked about it in the intro. But
1: <laughs> yeah. So um just go to wizardsciences.com. And yes. if and and the, everybody teases me about this. And it takes a while now, but I literally just I'm I'm here to help. So if you need anything or need a special consult or something like that, just hit me up on Instagram. It's at Ian Mitchell1 or you okay. can just reach out to the guys at wizard for support at wizard sciences and you know like they'll find him they'll find me they, they know where my desk is so amazing and, yeah
0: i am such a pleasure yeah
1: as always <laughs> i'm really glad i get to see you
0: i am so glad this we got this to happen so thank you so much i don't think i'm forgetting anything because i think we covered a really <laughs> lot, of, really <laughs> lot of ground so thank you WizardSciences.com, ian mitchell which other people might pronounce Ian, but it's Ian.
1: Yep, um, stronger.
0: And uh, yeah, no, I've looked better. <laughs> My um, mom,
1: stronger name, flows better. <laughs> so leave, leave it to the artist for me. And
0: more. I know we'll be doing more episodes because yeah. I know that there's things in the pipeline. We're oh yeah, yeah. Not to mention the evolution of yeah. what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, I and that's and that's critical, right? Like I'll definitely be back because I as I come up with new things that'll help more, I want everybody to know and have access to it.
0: So. Amazing, thank yeah. you. You're welcome thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the biohacking superhuman performance podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, com.